0: And um, you're our guest this week, and you're going to tell us a little bit about uh, kind of a dis- different aspect of service. I've been focusing mainly on on military, but I'm also interested in getting stories of uh, fire, EMS, and police. And you fall into that last category. But uh, well, I, I fall into about. the
1: first. I fall into the first category too.
0: Well, sure, but I mean, you're your reserve component, correct?
1: No, I wasn't. I was. <clears throat> I was active duty.
0: Oh, how did I get my son? Okay, well, good thing I have I you on because you're going to fill me in. I obviously need what?
1: it. <laughs> I, I I don't uh, I don't know how how maybe you know we probably never really talked about it. You just showed up on Vet Nation one day and and uh, and we just kind of went from there. And next thing yeah. next thing you know, we're friends. We're tweeting at each other. And
0: yeah, yeah, is
1: that what you do? You tweet at each other? That doesn't seem
0: well. Yeah, tweet? we tag you each tweet? other in tweets for sure. Oh, yeah, we...
1: Yeah. We yeah. tweet at each other. Yeah. Perfect. I post things, you res- you share them. Nobody watches. I don't, it's just how it goes.
0: Uh, hopefully we could change that last part, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. We're,
1: but well, yeah so I was active, I was active duty. I was, uh, I, uh, enlisted in, um, January of 91 because I was at, um, University of Montana, when, when, uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait Mm -hmm. and I bought the line that, you know, Kuwait was this, you know, poor, helpless country that hadn't done anything to provoke Iraq. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, years later I learned that Kuwait had been lateral, lateral drilling into Iraqi oil fields and taking their oil. Uh, So uh, if you don't believe me. Look it up, just kind of like weapons of mass destruction. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I was at the University of Montana and uh, home of the Grizz. And it was also Berkeley, uh, the new Berkeley. Uh, it was a radical left wing campus. I mean, there wow. were. You wouldn't. Pro- think so. Well. It's kind of like that quintessential university you know feel you just get that a lot with with universities anyway and back then it you know it was nothing like it is now i mean
0: oh true you know yeah, 89 nothing.
1: was you know nothing and i mean even radical enter over here going oh, oh hold on that seems yeah. a little marxist you know yeah and, and now the marxists on campus are going hey 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 that's not marxist enough
0: right so, right <laughs> um
1: and I, I watched flag burnings um, at the university. I watched them assault guys in ROTC uniform and on their way to oh, their man. classes and stuff. And um, watched them burn a f- pee on and burn a flag at the federal federal yeah the federal courthouse in in Missoula. And <clears throat> wow. I'm like, well, college isn't going well. I'm not used to studying, <laughs> so. Fair and, enough. And, well, I I made it through high school on, you know, on everything but math with, you mm-hmm. know, in flying colors. I didn't like math. And so I didn't know how to study. I, uh, I I could walk in. I could take a history test. I could take an English test. I could take a lit test, a psychology test, all that stuff. I'm going to take those tests and pass them with flying colors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: walk into math. And so – and you don't start, i sorry, I don't care what anybody says. If you're not good at math, all the studying in the world is not going to make you good at math. So right. I had no idea what to do when I got to college. I like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be easy. And all of a sudden I had to go out and do all this stuff on my own and it wasn't going well. And war came. I saw, I did my countercultural thing at the time. And instead of joining all the lefties, I went off and joined the army because I was going to, I was going to go and I, I was going to go fight for liberty
0: there you in go. the world.
1: And, um. Uh, yeah. I got halfway through basic training and the drill sergeants came in in the middle of the night and said, well, oh, we got good news and we got bad news. <laughs>
0: well,
1: what's, what's the good news? The war's over. What's the bad news? You're still in the Army.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep, so, yeah. so that's
1: what I did. And I uh, I enlisted and um, had enlisted to go airborne. Okay. Uh, and, and Wow. And so I uh, finished basic we okay there again for those of you in the navy and the marines we don't have boot camp we have basic training Ah, we we knew how to put boots on before we got there
0: oh wow that's amazing and then you learned how to tie them once oh no we knew how to tie them
1: as well so i mean so like for my marine friends who are for my marine friends who are watching skipper i'm talking to you we didn't have an extra (laughs) we didn't have an extra like two weeks just on boot tying so oh wow that's amazing for anybody wow. who doesn't know, Skipper is my co-host on Veteran Nation, which is how I met Andrea. So, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so we, you know, I finished basic, went to AIT, had a really long AIT. It was one of the longest at the time, uh, outside of a few of the uh, military intelligence mm-hmm. um, schools. And... Um, part of that was because of what I was, the equipment I was working with was new for the military. You know, um, single channel ground to air communications. Okay. Okay. Radio or ground to air radios. And I mean, it's old technology now, but.
0: Well, I'm so sure now, whatever the school is now, I'm sure it's even longer (laughs) with all the more complex. Well, yeah. I mean, we,
1: we, yeah, we were, we were working with like, and we were working with like uh field operated facsimile machines at the time so like wow. we were we were fielding and working on uh security nets oh uh, wow everything we were doing was was a predecessor to uh encrypted secure communications that you see in the civilian world today and used by uh incredible you used by you know government agencies and yeah and we were even working with digital burst technology at the time, which, you know, and the, the equivalent of what cell phone systems are now um, mm-hmm. with masked antennas and whatnot. So all of that stuff was in 89 and 90. 90 right, or right. 90, you know, it had started coming in in 89, 90, 91. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the equipment I was working with.
0: Like and, how how big was some of this equipment? I mean, was this like you know something that they would issue on an individual level like to one troop or are you working in like uh a center or how how did that work
1: well when you went into a deployment you were talking about uh 30 meter massed antennas that could be deployed in in a wow. war in a war fighting situation and, and if you're not mm-hmm. familiar and i know you are but if you're one of those uh, unfortunate non military people who are just kind of passing by going, well, oh, what's this about? Uh thirty meters is high for yeah. a ground for a, a portable piece of equipment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, you know
0: a little over three first downs that you'd have to have to go for.
1: Thanks for putting it in terminology that I don't understand.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I figure if you don't understand meters I, you might understand some football stuff. I'm Maybe. I'm in
1: I, well, I live in I live in Minnesota, and so even when I still did watch football, mm-hmm. the Vikings very rarely were getting first downs.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd have to change in fact, channel. To oh, for
1: for Vikings fans, it's three personal penalties.
0: yeah or uh personal fouls two little little of those uh, yeah yeah,
1: a little over two of the personal fouls yeah there you
0: go (laughs) perfect yeah yeah well i mean you're vikings fans not raiders fans so you're not racking them up that quickly but yeah probably more applicable
1: you you know it's it's really intimidating to try and 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 not be funny when i'm (laughs) in a room with a comedian well I'm yeah. Not in a room with a comedian, but
0: close enough. <laughs>
1: no one pays me for my comedy.
0: Ah, bummer. Ah, these things happen.
1: <laughs> well, well, so yeah, it, that was some of the stuff that we were working with. But you know, like I was when I got to... permanent. I I ended up in Germany for a while, mm-hmm. and then I came back from Germany and went to Fort Bragg, and I was with the 82nd Airborne Division. And okay, uh, for non-military people. That is, um, Fort Bragg's the home of the, was, is home of the airborne. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it's also at the time was home of joint special operations command. Um, I think joint, I think JSOC got moved down to Florida now. And, um, but it still was then, and still is a home of fifth special forces group, which is also yeah. where, uh, all the special forces training takes place and the Delta Force is real. Um, Del- <laughs> Delta Force is, head- is headquartered there as well at um, Manchester. Well, it's on the, on the maps. It's referred to as Manchester Impact Area, which is supposed to be an artillery range. But then when you drive by, it's the only artillery range in the United States military that is surrounded by uh, um, 15, 20-foot high... Um, chain link fence with concertina wire on the top of it.
0: They mean business. doesn't look Maybe. very inviting. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I you know, and I don't even know if Delta's still there, but they, but they were then. And one of the reasons was because the 82nd is the um, force multiplier for special forces and for Delta force. Okay. And um, so we do it. We do a lot of cross training and, and cooperative um, work together. Mm -hmm. And like, I I say that, like it was me, I like, like I'm still there, Uh, (laughs) but we would do a lot of cross training with them because that's what we were, we were there for. And, um, it was, it was an interesting experience for me because it was high speed all the time. Oh, I mean, it was just, and I was a nobody. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had a top secret security clearance because of the equipment I was working on and worked mm-hmm. with. So I was that guy that, you know, one, of one of these radios would go down and you had to take it to the repair depot and you couldn't leave, you couldn't leave it. It, you had, there was no yeah. not, you know, it was like put it in the box yeah. and have somebody drop it off on their way across post. Oh you yeah, You couldn't transport it, it in bad. a POV, you know, of personal vehicle. It had to be transported mm-hmm. in a military vehicle and you couldn't oh, yeah. set it aside or any of that stuff. And if it had serious to be in the,
0: serious.
1: yeah, it's serious. Like, uh, and, and that, so that was a, that was a portion of my time.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot,
1: of, a lot of times when we weren't ready for deployment, my experience was like literally walking this equipment everywhere.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And you know, even like uh, secure signal generators.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With. They were called kicks, KYKs. Um OK. These things generated literally top secret security ge- uh, code generators or mm-hmm. they would generate these top secret codes that you would then plug them into the to the radio equipment and transfer that code to the radio equipment and then okay. nobody could communicate without that code.
0: That's how the encryption went. It's sort of like the plot of uh Doctor Strange Love. Never mind. Don't keep going. <laughs>
1: I'd have to think it's been a long time since I've seen Doctor Strange Love, so I'd have to Yeah. So that piece of equipment would go down. You had to do something with it. We had sure. you know we had security manuals, like code manuals that had mm-hmm. all of the communication codes that those things didn't get left around. You just leave them laying around.
0: Right. Right. And they
1: had to be destroyed. And so, yeah, oftentimes I, you know, even when I was over in Germany and when I came back, you'd get tasked with that. You know, there was, you know, mm-hmm. there was either, there was the option of burning them or shredding them. And it yeah. wasn't like it was just like go throw them in the shredder and walk away. No, you shredded every single one of those things. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was that's what I did. I like I was I was a nobody i mm-hmm. nothing special. I wasn't a ranger. I wasn't special forces. You know, and there again, so people understand the difference between special operations and special forces. Army special operations units are the special forces. The green, they're not the yep. Green Beret. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. But they're actually called special forces. Yes. And um, they're part of the special operations community. But... Mm-hmm. They do something completely different than what Delta does. They do something completely different than what the SEALs do. They do something completely different than what Marines special operations do. Right. Um, Because they're all tasked with different taskings. Yes. And and so for us, what the special forces would do is they would go in, they would be a warfighter unit and um, resistance training team. Mm -hmm. Who would go in behind enemy lines? That was what they would do, and they would train guerrilla units, right, resistance right. units, and and our job was to be available for them at the drop of a hat. Yes. So if they got deployed somewhere and things went south, and there and they came across a large enemy element,
0: mm-hmm. they'd
1: say, "We need backup, and we need it now."
0: Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Uh-huh. You know, where you know?
1: Where is it? And. And that was, you know, anywhere in the world wheels up in 18 hours for the 82nd Airborne Division. And wow. people are like, well, 18 hours is a long time to wait. Well, it sounds like a long time to wait. Yeah. It Which, it you know, when it's you,
0: mm-hmm. it definitely
1: is a long time to wait. Yeah. When you're waiting for it. But that's a massive deployment and that's mm-hmm. fast. And, oh,
0: yeah. And a lot of things of, have to go right to hit oh, yeah. that 18 hour mark. Yeah.
1: And part of that was... Um, rotational ready brigades. So mm-hmm. the division is broke was broke into several different brigades and each brigade was tasked with a different thing. There'd be the resting brigade and the resting brigade would they had just come off of, of act or uh, readiness um, status. Yeah. And so that they would do their field train or they would they'd take their leave, um, they'd get passes, you know, PT tests and all that kind of stuff. They, that's when they would be working on all of that. Everybody did PT every day. Oh, but that's kind of when you were, you know, that's, you know, that's when you were kind of a little bit more relaxed. Right. You could go about, you know, well, for the guys at Fort Bragg, it was mostly hanging out at the adult uh, clubs. Uh, <laughs> of course. Not the married guys, though. That never happened. No. Um, but, and then there was the uh, training stat, training brigade. Mm-hmm. And that brigade would be going to the ranges, Um, medical, you know, uh, training, uh, combat lifesaver training, all that stuff.
0: Yes. Going
1: through all of that. And then you went into readiness status. And well, readiness status was. You literally went nowhere. You didn't get you didn't get a pass. You didn't you weren't allowed to drink. You weren't allowed anything because you had to be ready to go on a recall. Mm -hmm. And and so we would be attached out so I was in a, I was in the signal battalion, and each battalion, as the b- platoons were broke down, you were you were broke down into being attached to a different brigade,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and depending on what your your career occupation was, you might rotate to a different brigade every time for that readiness, right? Because the brigades didn't each have their own signal battalion; they relied on the signal battalion to provide that support for them. Mm -hmm. And that meant all of your equipment would be packed up and and geared up for what's called heavy drop. Right. And awaiting deployment Mm -hmm. and at all times. Yeah. And and then the heavy drop sites where where that stuff was stored and, and geared up at had to be, there had to be security on that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah and no tampering
1: no tampering yeah and no tampering and you that was armed security and that wasn't handled by the mps that was handled by line staff you know from mm-hmm. from the units and so we would rotate through on that as well sure although you did feel a little bit like barney fife because they gave you an m16 with a magazine with like five five rounds in it i'm like i'm like somebody really coming at us on this one five rounds yeah, yeah. be enough i mean I, yeah what a, no offense bro, what a, in the state of new york a,
0: ridiculous yeah. Or
1: Minnesota at this point there with what they're trying. But anyway. True. So I went through all of that. And when I joined, uh, Bush one was president.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was over in Germany, Clinton was elected. And I saw what he was doing because then he started the massive drawdown.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, a lot of bases cut, closed oh, under him.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um, people were optioned out and... Mm-hmm. Um, it, and they were involuntarily separated, even though they had done nothing wrong.
0: Right. And right.
1: Um, so all this drawdown was happening, and everybody was like, "Are you going to reenlist? You're going to reenlist?" I'm like, "Are you kidding, kidding me? I don't know that this guy isn't going to be president again." Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to like reenlist, and then like two weeks later get kicked out. And I didn't really enjoy my military life. I wasn't like you right. know, there's some guys like, "Oh, it was awesome every day," and I'm like, even in war, and like, well, I you know, yeah, even war, and I'm like.
0: Don't understand like, that at all. No, like no, <laughs> yeah. Like like
1: I I became disillusioned. Um, honestly, yeah. because it was just I don't I don't know how to describe it. It just it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I did my job well. I wasn't great. wasn't you know anything special. Like I said, I wasn't Captain America or anything like that. Or sure Sar- Sergeant Slaughter because I was enlisted. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. but it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Just like. <sighs> It, it wasn't for me, and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel. Uh, you know, it, I wasn't the party guy, and yeah. and that's really you know when you had downtime, that's what everybody does party.
0: Of let's course,
1: go, you know, let's go party. And I'm like, I'm not the party guy. Yeah. Um. And and I just I don't want to do that. And then then you know you get a lot of the recruiting pressure. You know, if Mm -hmm. you stay, if you stay in, if you reenlist, we'll give you this, we'll give you this bonus, we'll give you that bonus. And then, of course, depending on your MOS and some of your scores, you know, the special forces guys might come over and talk to you. And they like they had to like, like infantry guys were a Mm -hmm. dime a dozen at Fort Bragg. Oh, yeah, and I'm not knocking them. They like they're the ones who fight the war, Mm -hmm. but they were a dime a dozen. They all wanted to go special forces.
0: Of course. And of course,
1: we were all jump qualified. So mm-hmm. we had, that was right out of the, right out of the way, right away. We didn't have to worry about that. Some yeah. of them had Ranger tabs, but hadn't actually been in Ranger units. And they like, they were like constantly, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to do cute course and selection. I want to be in special forces, but they weren't getting, they weren't getting comms guys.
0: They uh, weren't
1: getting, they weren't getting, um language specialist and those guys have to learn how to speak languages quick well unfortunately for me i was a comms guy and i scored pretty high on the d lab
0: yes the language battery yeah Yeah.
1: and i'm like and i had passed up a contract extension at the beginning of basic training when i scored on the d lab after i scored high on the d lab because they told me i had to sign a five-year contract extension extension because the school was a year and a half long
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. After really AIT
1: good. and jump mm-hmm. school. Now that was stupid because that would have been out at Fort Ord, California, mm-hmm. for a year and a half.
0: Yeah, but not a bad I was like five
1: five more years on top of the four. I'm like, no.
0: Yeah,
1: and I just kicked it around. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. i I'm not I'm not gonna take the risk of reenlisting just so I can, I can possibly take the, possibly go over. special special forces. And so. I had to give time of some sort because you sign up for eight years. People don't. understand this. there's no there's no such thing as do four years and then you can just walk away. No, if you sign up for a four year contract, you have to do eight years. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So one way or another,
1: one way or another, they're getting their time out of you. And and I thought, well, I could keep getting a paycheck if I did the National Guard. And this is the part I'm not real proud of myself on this one, but. My eyes got open real fast after I <laughs> showed up for National Guard.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm like I came directly from Fort Bragg
0: mm-hmm.
1: to Minnesota to Minnesota National Guard unit. And my first drill weekend, I showed up and I didn't have their their approved gear. I ah. showed up with my uniform, my beret, because I didn't have a field cap. That was right. Right. That, yeah. That you don't was. Know. Like, like when you were in the field, you didn't wear a field cap. You wore your Kevlar.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you weren't in the field, you wore a beret. Yep. And so I didn't have any of that, of that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up in a beret. And the first thing I, that happened is I got my ass chewed for it. Of course. Yeah. And then they wanted to know where all my equipment was because they were going to do an inventory. I was like, well, nobody communicated to me. Yeah. They, I was told to be here at this address at such and such a time on such and such a day and that they would have everything for me, yeah. I didn't get field gear at all from them. Yeah, my yeah. my whole entire week that first weekend, nobody t- said a word to me. That yeah. I didn't meet the company Nothing commander. Nothing. Yeah, right. I'm sure. I didn't meet the company commander. I didn't meet the company uh, first sergeant. The the my platoon sergeant goes because I was comms. He goes, you were in infantry, and I'm like, do you not know anything about me?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sargent,
1: I'm like, yeah. and I'm not trying to be a jerk, Sergeant. But you, do you not know who I am at yeah. all? I'm like, and not like, do you know who I am?
0: Right, right. I do that now, yeah. worded it a little differently. differently. Now, now Just, I
1: say that. You yeah. Do you not know who I am? Well, yeah, because people should know. Uh, but they he looks at what's your MOS and, and like, well, I think at the time they finally changed it to 31 uniform. I had gone in as a 31 Vic, which was signal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 31 I'm like, uniform. Oh, you're a comms guy. I'm like, yeah. He goes, ah, we don't really need people like you around here. There's a comm shop. Go back there. Count batteries and wire this weekend. Oh,
0: my God.
1: And I'm like, what?
0: Yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: He goes, this is an infantry unit. And I'm like, OK, I get it. But yeah, I'm like, you realize that I'm my coming... fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, you realize I'm coming from the 82nd Airborne. He goes, so what's that mean? I said, I could do anything you can do. Yeah. And I, at this point, I'm getting mad. I'm like, and probably better.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I actually... And he
1: goes, well, yeah, but we really don't need guys like you around here. And we're short comms, so you can go and com shop where you belong and stay there. I'm like, OK, that was my first weekend.
0: The oh. whole weekend. At least they didn't have some, you know, they always have like a, a basin dock or something. And they just wasted an entire weekend telling you about sexual harassment or something. And, yeah, that uh, wasn't
1: quite as a big of a deal back then, is it? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah,
0: it's probably. Yeah, that, probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, that's when they were still like kicking girls out in the, of the army for getting pregnant.
0: Fascinating. <laughs> it was a different time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Was, oh, you got pregnant? You can't you can't do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, as much of a sexist as my Navy service turned me into, even that seems a little, a little a harsh, bleep, but, you're, you're, um, but you're
1: the you're the first female misogynist I've met.
0: Oh, well, pleased to meet you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so I, that was my
1: experience. And like then they didn't want me to let me go. Let me go home. They're like, well, you don't live in in Rochester because this is Rochester. I'm like, I live 30 miles south of town. Yeah. Well, uh, the policy is if you don't live in Rochester, you can't go home. I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. I had, I'm, I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah. And so, on the next drill that I was supposed to go to, we were supposed to go to a range, and I'm like, "Yes,
0: Fine. wonderful, yeah,
1: show up," because they told me I was going to the range with them. I'm like, "Okay, somebody woke up, yeah." I got to the, I got there. I went to go draw a weapon
0: because mm-hmm. you
1: know everybody at the court in the military, even in the navy, everybody is basically is an infantryman.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: that's what yeah, it comes You got to be able to, to shoot. You got to be able to shoot. I'm like great i get to go qualify they can see that i can shoot you know I'm, i was a, you know on a bad day i was mediocre in the sense of like because there was like barely qualified and i don't know if they've changed it at all there was barely qualified and then there was marksman and then there was sharp you know sharpshooter or whatever it was right and our expert yeah marksman sharpshooter and expert yeah, i was qualifying as expert maybe. constantly
0: oh wow fantastic
1: constantly, constantly. you know and and I'm like, yes, I can go and show him. I can do this. I got there. I am like, well, I'm here to get my weapon. Which, who are you? And I'm like, well. I'm yeah, yeah. The comms guy. The armory sergeant comes up. He goes, yeah, you don't get a weapon.
0: Oh uh, like, what? What? He yeah. Goes,
1: yeah, you don't get a weapon. I'm like, the hell you say? Yeah. He goes, well, you're not infantry. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, what do you need to qualify for? I said, oh, I don't know. Because this is a warfighting unit, and yeah. you know, and, and I'll probably end up deploying and being in one of these, you know, vehicles yeah. with you guys. Wouldn't it be nice to know I could shoot? No, your job is to run the radios. And I said so. Then why am I going to the range? He goes, yeah. Well, you got to be there for the qualification. I'm like, Yeah, exactly. What yeah. I found out was they needed somebody to run the range, the the, the range safety uh, uh, radio.
0: Of course.
1: And I got there, and. We had these radio systems called OE2 or antenna systems are called OE254s. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they weren't they were like the 30 meter mass antennas we were talking about. And I get there and the the NCOIC says, uh, get that radio set up, get the radio going so we can get this range underway. And mm-hmm. I said, you want me to set this antenna up by myself? Yeah. I said, you have any idea how tall that is? Yeah. He goes, don't be a smart ass. And I'm like... I'm just I'm not. But, and you know, like I cannot like literally don't do not. I cannot set this antenna, but I can set it up by myself and then I know how to do it. But I need more people. He goes, well, you're the only comms guy and nobody else is trained. And that's not their job. That's your job. And I said, there's an antenna on top of that building. He goes, that's not what I told you to do. Oh, my God. And I said, ex- I said, Sarge, with all due respect, if you're not going to help me, I'm going to use that antenna. Yeah. And I'll have your radio up in about three minutes. He yeah. goes, Let's, listen here, soldier. I'm going to bust your ass down to private if you don't do what I told you to do. And I'm like.
0: This is the National Guard prick.
1: <laughs> nas- yeah, National Guard. And I'm like, I'm like okay, I, whatever. But I'm going. you want your radio up. You're not going to give me help. That's the only way you're getting your radio up so you can get yeah. your range done. Yeah. And I got their radio set up through the through the antenna on the on the safety range safety control uh, tower and got them going. And that's all I did. I actually end up at one point I looked boring. over and I saw snipers
0: mm-hmm.
1: that were there training for the weekend. I went over and was talking to them and they were all from 101st and 82nd. Oh, uh, like, OK. You know, it had been at one point and I'm like, oh, sure. man. And they're like, you were you 82nd? I'm like, yeah. How are they treating you? I said, like dog crap. Yeah. And, and he's like, Yeah, it's your MOS. They don't understand. And I got my ass chewed because I was over talking to this other unit and shooting with them. <laughs> and um, we were just, you know, I didn't have to be there. I wasn't running the radio. He didn't even want me to run the radio because I wasn't the the safety sergeant in you know, COIC. So got done with that. That's all I did that entire weekend. Went, you know, hours away from home to go there and I did a couple of more drills and I, I started writing letters of resignation saying, oh, look, yeah. I know, I know that I signed up for this and that I got a signing bonus, but you can, I'll, I'll pay it back, whatever, just All take right. it out it whatever. And I wrote, I attempted to have a meeting with the company commander. I had attempted to have a meeting with company first sergeant. I, t- I attempted over and over and over again to like, I'm like, this is not working. This is stupid. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your money. I'm Mm -hmm. not getting any training. You're not treating. I'm like, I was a combat lifesaver, which at the time was, it's not just like normal first aid. I was IV qualified. I knew how to do all of that stuff. I trained in, you know, infantry tactics. We, we were expected to do that in the 82nd. We, there wasn't any of that. No, you're not like everybody got that training. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's a waste of my time. I'm not coming in anymore. Yeah. And, and I was getting some traction, but then they started sending me letters telling me we're going to dishonorably discharge you. And I'm like, you can't dishonorably discharge me for that. I said, I already have an honorable discharge from active duty. Nobody's yeah. going to look at a dishonorable, di- any kind of discharge from the National Guard. And what's it matter? It's not going to affect anything that I have going forward. And I'm never going to j- rejoin.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then well, we'll, we'll give you a general discharge. I'm like, and we're gonna, we'll bust you down in rank. I'm like, I'm not getting paid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's,
1: what's it? Not, there again, I'm not proud of it. I should have finished the commitment, but I was pissed and I was already disillusioned. And, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm just like, like, whatever. You know, I'm done. And I didn't look back. And no, and I, I don't tell I don't the story think... very often because a lot of people, you know, get pissed off at me. And somebody, somebody was like, you're that Stolen Valor guy. And I'm like, what are you talking I... about? Oh, yeah. Because, because I claimed I was active duty and I was only in the garden and I washed out of that. And I'm like,
0: no not. no that's not how the it, order of operations that's, that's wow that's not how it happened
1: um yeah I'm, i like probably shouldn't have told this story but
0: uh no um, no i i appreciate you sharing that with me because like i was disillusioned my last two years of uh reserves with the navy and i was like i'll finish it out and, and honestly we were mainly remote so it wasn't real work that helped and then for whatever reason the unit liked me but if I had to deal with that and the unit hated me and I'm coming in and I'm wasting my time and whatever else, I, I'd i probably try and try a lot harder to get out, you know, do go IRR something just to get out of there because well, what what a waste of time. And that was the thing. The I
1: went immediately to IRR status. So oh, so well, win-win. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't, it, I still had the time that I had to be available if the things ever, if the crap ever hit you know, the fecal matter ever hit the, uh, the whirling blades of the oscillating air mover, Right. um, I, they, they would still, you know, have that before they started a draft, they'd be calling up everybody on IRR. And I'm like, I'm just done. I'm, I'm like, that's fine. I wasn't worried about it. And, and I just walked away. The only thing that makes me mad is I paid all that money in for the GI bill and never used the college money.
0: Ah, geez. Yeah. That's, that's rough. Yeah. For, for those, those of you who don't know, you pay in uh, $100 every month your first year that you're in to uh, to get your GI yep. Bill benefit.
1: $1,200 is your investment.
0: Yep. I, and it hasn't changed with inflation last I checked, but I don't know if they're still doing Montgomery GI Bill. I did mine. If I ever use up my post-9-11, I can get my $1,200 back. Kind of nice. But I haven't... I haven't yeah, so I, that I regret
1: thing. that I didn't... That I didn't do, you know, do that. But I just went on with my life and I'm just like, I'm going to go. I served my country. I took the oath. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm I served and I, and then I got old and, uh, <laughs> I, I, I entered a career field at the age of 39 that I never expected I would enter. I entered into the law enforcement world and, oh. um, became a deputy with, um, a local sheriff's office, and as a as a sworn deputy inside of a deten- adult detention center, wow. don't think for a minute that is that is a safe job.
0: No, by any stretch no. of the
1: imagination. Um, third largest metro area in the state of Minnesota, and it, and if people want to laugh and say, well, it's Minnesota, and so do do not forget that that making being the third largest metro area, it may not be millions of people, but it, it's only outpopulated by Minneapolis and then St. Paul. Yeah. Which is the twin cities, the hub of the twin cities, which is only as big as it is because of all the communities around it. But Minneapolis Mm -hmm. is not a small city. No. And St. Paul is not a small city. And so the Rochester area, which is Olmsted County where I, who I worked for from Mm -hmm. 2000, January of 2009 until September of 2021. Um, Was uh, It wasn't a joke by any stretch of the imagination. It was with a growing crime rate Uh, like every metro metro area and pretty much the entire state of Minnesota right now for the last few years. Um,
0: Seems like a lot of metro areas for other states, too. Just crime is just exploding.
1: Probably shouldn't use that word, but. (laughs) <laughs> I meant crime, crime is just
0: incinerating yeah
1: yeah I meant crime the other word they're okay with just don't mention crime
0: oh um, oh okay
1: so uh yeah I and I took the oath again several times uh for for that particular um uh, law enforcement agency because every time there's a new sheriff everybody gets sworn in under the new sheriff and ah. we take we take the same oath but it's under a different sheriff mm-hmm. and and so my You know, and I I, just so people know, Andrea and I had talked about this ahead of time. You know, do we talk about do I talk about this at all? But Mm -hmm. uh, because I want to respect what the, the show's about and I don't want it to be just, you know, all about me because, well, I guess that's kind of why you do the show, isn't it?
0: It's the decompression chamber. It's for you to decompress.
1: Clearly, you haven't watched enough of my videos. That's what I I have done some decompressing. Um, Yes, you have. But at the beginning of uh, the the, I I almost automatically say "coof." At the beginning of the COVID um, scare in in March, I was actually ahead of it and was warning people. Um, be aware. This is not what they're making it out to be. I'm not saying it's not a real virus, but it's not what they're making it out to be. They're right. going to, and when I said they, I meant all of government. The state mm-hmm. is going to step in, and they're going to start taking all sorts of liberties with our liberties. Yeah, and they're going to tell us where we can work, when we can work, how we can work. They're going to tell people they have to stay home or they have to, you know, they have to be isolated, and they're going to try and force, you know, the vaccines on vaccines on us. And everybody's laughing at me. And then middle of yeah. March rolled around, and California announced that first wave of lockdowns in their state, and Minnesota was right behind them. Our oh, governor yeah. was right behind them. And I'm like, people are like,
0: how did you know that?
1: And I'm like, yeah. because I've been paying attention.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I They really made it out I, with the videos that were leaked from China. It was like, you know, look at these people dropping dead. And it's like, I don't know. Like, if a few malnourished peasants are having health problems and, or intentionally
1: yeah. being starved out by their government. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, another
0: big one too. Kind of like we are now. Yeah.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. Andrea.
0: Oh, sorry. Ed.
1: Because I don't want to, I don't want to get Epstein.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good point.
1: Which is something New York, New Yorkers can understand.
0: Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. Because Lane Maxwell, she's still alive. Who knows? Yeah,
1: I think she must have like a dummy switch or a suicide switch. Like if something happens to her, everything gets released from somewhere else. You know, I think probably. that's the only reason that woman is still alive. But probably, yeah, uh, but I I I was very vocal from the get go that I was against anybody in, in at any level of the state telling me I where I could go, when I could go how I can go, what I, and that was before they implemented mandatory mask wearing, you know, in public. And, and and so our governor shut our state down and said, you, you will not take, you will not, if you're not an essential worker, I'm like, thank you for determining who's an essential worker, you know, like clearly I knew I was essential because Mm -hmm. somebody had to be there to take in all of the criminals that they were, they had just created by, (laughs)
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: lockdown orders insane Uh, and i i i started to you know publicly started to speak out and and in conversation with fellow staff they'd ask me man what do we do like i don't agree with any of this and i'm like you've got to make that decision for yourself i says you follow the service orders when you're on duty yeah but he doesn't have any authority over your life in private and if you want to go to target or if you want to go to Lowe's, or if you want to go hang out at a friend's house nobody can stop you well what if yeah. what if somebody sees us and we get reported i said yeah you have to decide for yourself in mm-hmm. april yeah, of
0: individual liberty yeah
1: And I, I said april of 25th april 25th of 2020 i launched my own show my own channel on youtube mm-hmm. um minnesota black robe regiment and i started I took off, I launched it that morning, took off with my cell phone and my GoPro and shot my first man on the street interviews at a freedom protest Mm -hmm. in front of the the governor's residence in Minnesota and made my first, that was the first time that I ever spoke in front of a large crowd in that way. And um, after interviewing people and having some really good interactions and a couple of pretty heated you know, not me being heated, but people being very heated towards me Sure, for even being there. Um, I, I spoke on the steps of the governor's residence, the outside of the gate and was calling him to account and told him, you know, his basically told him, it's like, you're a servant of the people that the constitution doesn't give you the authority to do this. And, um, and all of a sudden I started getting traction and My channel started to grow very slowly. It was, you know, it's people like, who are you? Like, why would we care what you have to say? Um,
0: Sure.
1: But I I just started to see see the the tyranny ramping up. And then, of course, Labor Day weekend, George Floyd was killed in a tragic event. And political leaders across the state of Minnesota couldn't get out ahead of it fast enough to declare how horrible law enforcement was. And the irony, the irony it was, is that the mayor of Rochester, mm-hmm. uh, Kim Norton, on the steps of the government center on, on the night of, of May 29th, stood on the steps of the government center right in front of the sheriff's office and said about her own police force, the Rochester Police Department and the sheriff of Olmstead County's crew said, it's time that all minorities... Uh, all minorities in the state uh, in Olmstead County and in Rochester finally began to feel safe in the hands of law enforcement again. She said this while they were trying right. to riot, literally I, trying yeah. to riot. They were, th- they were throwing fireworks and I'm not talking like little lady fingers and bottle rockets. They were throwing like M80 level explosives Jeez. and cherry bombs and whatnot. They were throwing them. And they were rioting and blocking the streets and whatnot in front of the government center, right outside of the detention center. I was seeing all of this play out. Happened to have the video feed on of the mayor saying these things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I got in my vehicle on the way home that morning and shot a video saying, elected servants, you need to choose your words carefully. Yeah. I got talked to that night and cautioned that I had no right basically to do that because people knew who I was and where I worked and that it was a violation of policy and procedure, even though I said, did I identify myself? Did does. And and, and they're like, well, people can figure out where you work. So you just need to to be careful. And, and that started a, that I found out a year later, almost, Mm -hmm. they considered that a disciplinary moment. Mm. Didn't tell me, that it was a disciplinary moment and that started a, a, a path of discipline that I was unaware I was being disciplined oh, and uh, ultimately began to, without ever identifying that I worked for the sheriff's office, never identifying or even claiming to be a representative of the law enforcement community. Right. I, I continue to put out content. Mm hmm and was getting more and more traction. And I began to interview business owners who were saying, I'm not closing down anymore. I'm opening back up.
0: Yeah. Good for them.
1: And so I, I was on the front end of interviewing people who at the time actually started to get a lot of national traction Mm -hmm. for, for their stand. Yeah. And um, in one case, one of them, I, you know, I, I, I did content I did some content about how she was being treated by a local city attorney and demonstrated how the city attorney in in one case violated Minnesota state law oh wow in by using a panic device in a non-emergency situation just because she was mad at the this business owner uh, and I pointed wow. this out in a couple of weeks later I'm sitting in a conference room with a formal letter of, of discipline, I wasn't even planning on this tonight. With formal letter of discipline, a disciplinary step notice. Several, like I said, I wasn't. I keep this nearby because a lot of times when I'm doing a live show, people ask me stuff. You're right. All of this, pages and pages and pages of things that they had been writing me up for, um, mm. in private things
0: and pre- they never asked you to sign it or anything else they just dump it all at once and that yeah they never approached
1: me with it and they, they dumped it on me and it what it what it boiled down to was that they had been watching me and were pissed off that i was ho- that i was speaking out against it and they i got wrote up for things i think i might have told you this in at another time but one of the things i got wrote remember i took an oath not just mm-hmm. in the act for active duty but i took an oath to keep and defend the constitution of the United States and the state of Minnesota. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that meant something to me, which is why I had begun to speak out. We talk about this all the time, right? We hear, we hear this from people in the community constantly. Where are the constitutional cops? Where are the constitutional deputies? Where are these people who took this oath? Why aren't they speaking out? Well, I wasn't doing it in uniform, but I was speaking out and I was holding public servants accountable for their actions.
0: Right. As somebody should
1: in a small way, maybe in a tiny little way on my own channel. But yeah. I was doing that and they were watching me. And I got wrote up. One of the things I got wrote up for was saying that taxes, fees and and and, and uh, assessments are taken ultimately through the threat of force.
0: Yeah. Oh, they absolutely are. And that's not that's not an opinion. That is an absolute fact
1: that that try
0: not paying your taxes.
1: Right. And I even said that in, the, in another comment, I said, and if you don't pay your taxes, men with guns mm-hmm. will come to your house, put you in handcuffs and haul you off to jail, where you will then be escorted to court in handcuffs, where yes. if you're found guilty, you will then be put back in handcuffs and escorted back into the jail where men with handcuffs will then put you in a vehicle and escort you to prison. Yes. Yeah. And I said, and 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 they will have guns. Yes. That's yeah. force. They wrote me up for making that statement. They wrote me up for making the statement about men with guns will arrest you, mm-hmm. because that's uh, disrespectful to the public. How so? And it and it and it hindered my ability to be a credible witness.
0: Credible witness to what? Their If I ever
1: get if I ever get put on the stand to testify about something that I had that I had to take part in. Uh, Someone could read those comments and discredit me. And I'm like, I said, if anything, my willingness to speak out would make me more credible.
0: Yeah, yeah. But this they, is they the way they
1: spun it and they uh, they also wrote me up for saying and I quote, and so no offense to anybody who's still in law enforcement or still in the military or still, you know, what, but cops, firefighters and EMTs aren't all heroes. Wrote, that's
0: also a fact.
1: They wrote me up for that.
0: Yeah, ever hear of the Golden State Killer? He's kind of not a hero.
1: <laughs> no, he had, no no no, no, he was a hero.
0: Yeah. He
1: was he was a hero. He just did a that thing that we we can't associate yeah. that with what he did, but Yeah, he was mostly
0: he was, heroic. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. It was a mostly heroic murder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Holy uh, crap.
1: And so it was just that Published a video of yourself disobeying a lawful order. Well, I asked for clarification. Well, you have a video out there where you're where you clearly have a video of yourself not wearing a mask in public. I said, so what's the lawful order I violated? Yeah. Well, the governor's order. I said, that's not a lawful order. According to our policy and procedure, according to the uh, civil service standards. Lawful orders are only those things pertaining to my, my duties as a deputy and disobeying a lawful order in my duties as a deputy inside of the detention center. If they give me a lawful order and I disobey it, then I can be disciplined. Me not wearing a mask in public when I'm yeah. not in uniform, when I am not identifying myself as a representative of this agency, I am not disobeying a lawful order. The governor doesn't have that authority over me, and you don't have that authority over me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, that's the, and that was just a write-up. And a few days later, they told me I was under internal investigation.
0: Oh, be, my God. And
1: ordered me to take down content as it related to the city attorney. And um, they put me under internal investigation for 60 days.
0: Holy shit. And, ke-
1: and kept me on duty during that time. Most people under investigation for that long get post- put on paid administrative leave. <sighs> I posit and I believe it's true they put they put me under internal investigation before they told me then told me and then kept me on duty because they knew they were walking on really shaky first amendment grounds.
0: Oh yeah. And I
1: and and you've gotten to know me a little bit when when mm-hmm. when you do something like that to me I'm going to start digging and I have oh, yeah. all of the case law and all of the decisions by the Supreme Court and all of the circuit courts and all the appellate courts and all the district courts that show everything they did to me has already been rejected by the Supreme Court. Even left-leaning Supreme Courts.
0: Oh, yeah. Ha- yeah. Have,
1: have just trounced on any government entity for doing something like this. Yeah. And um, my union rep was like, we're going to destroy them on this. And I think what they did is they did that because they knew that what they were doing was retaliatory.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: They cited, They ended up siding with the city attorney that, and the and the chief of police of this other town that I who I called out for their negative behavior, and called people, called on people to to take action, mm-hmm. in a in a email and phone call campaign, which is what you do
0: with public mm-hmm. servants. Yeah.
1: Which is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to take the action matters into your own hands. You're supposed to have a you know, right. Um, to to put political pressure on them through through civil civil interaction to say, you're making a bad decision. We're demanding that you not do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I believe what they did was they kept me on duty to, to try and keep pressure on me mm-hmm. to make some sort of actual technical mistake that they could uh, then use to justify terminating me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, my, that is some shady shit.
1: My union attorney actually said, I I said, I think that's what they're doing. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they they are. I'm paraphrasing several, several, several hours of conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and then said to him, I said, do they understand? He goes, I don't think they realize who they're dealing with.
0: Yeah. If they think (laughs) you're
1: just going to stop. Right. And Like silly. And so we, we talked about it and. We went. I mean, the whole story is long and it's ugly. The accusations were were just asinine. Just things like, it just the claiming that I threatened in my videos threatened the safety (sighs) of the city attorney. Like I like my union is like uh, yeah. He's like he never once. He never he never once. Ever th- In fact, his videos constantly, he says things when he's talking about public servants and holding them accountable. He says, this is not a call to violence. I'm calling you to take uh, to take action through email and phone calls.
0: Yes. He's, yeah. he's, he points that out constantly. Words are violence, though. Didn't you know that?
1: Well, boy, yeah. they and accuse fires of, are mostly peaceful. Fires are mostly peaceful. Words are violence. Yes. They accuse me of uh, physically aggressing someone, a counter protester.
0: Uh. At
1: at a freedom re- event put on by this gal in this in the city, they they accused me of physically aggressing counter protesters, like literally a, assaultive behavior. A, Jeez. It, and, and the irony of it is, is that I simply walked across the street to try and talk to these people to find out why they were counter protesting us, and when I walked across the street, they scattered. Like they yeah. ran away from me and I, and they're, and I'm, and they're like, keep your distance. You're not wearing a mask or something like that. I mean, it's been like two years almost or whatever. And I'm like, wait, are you afraid
0: of me? Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: you're not wearing a mask. And so I turned around and I backed up and I kept my distance and continued to engage with them. And they kept advancing on me.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. They
1: kept advancing on me and nobody, nobody made any contact, but I was told that was assaultive behavior. And uh. And then the counter protesters tried to get the cops involved. They were they were like, "He's threatening us," and they're were like, "We're not getting involved here."
0: Mm.
1: One of them tried to tell me I needed to keep my distance, and I'm like, "I am keeping my distance." I said, "They're they're aggressive. Yeah. They're aggressing me, if you will." One gal yeah. just kept coming up and getting her hand in my face, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, hey, sister, back yeah. up!"
0: Yeah, relax, and, lady.
1: And so it just caught con- this. It was all. It, it, here's here's what it is let's be let's i was way ahead of the january 6 people yeah in that i watched the system lie about yeah. me they lied it's about it's wild me. the system not not people in public the system mm-hmm. lied about me because they they didn't like my opinion yeah and and it's ludicrous yeah it it just it and then I found out later on that this city attorney and this chief of police, not only did they file formal complaints, but they literally, I was told this, I was told this, that they contacted the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, which is Ugh. the Minnesota version of the FBI, and allegedly atta- contacted the FBI about
0: me. Good God. Why? Yeah. Yeah. What what, General, what yeah the FBI's got their hands full of like real criminals and you know well
1: the FBI is actually full of real criminals as we're yeah they're they're now.
0: committing the crimes that's the only way they can solve well, them I mean
1: they're committing the crimes and then charging up the people they've conned into going along with them yeah with yeah I e the Michigan you know, how do I get that job yeah kidnapping plot no don't, don't ask, ask. <laughs> 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 they might yeah. show up hey are you really interested would, would you like to do that Yeah. You know? <laughs> and. And I'm literally—I was on the forefront of of law enforcement at a, a, a couple of levels, lying about what I did and and smearing me and and twisting how I was doing things, specifically to silence me, was what they wanted to do. Yeah. And and so they moved to terminate me and. We fought them, and they put me out. Well, they put me out on uh, paid administrative leave. Finally, after sh- over sixty days of investigation, they put me on an administ- paid administrative leave on April thirtieth. And we had all the hearings and everything that are technically we supposed to do. And and there's yeah. a lot more to the story, and I don't want to belabor it here. But they did send a letter with an intent to terminate. We had our our hear- our the hearing to. Um, for them to give them an opportunity, basically, the, my my union attorney laid out our defense and yeah. even had me talk. And he says, because I never have anybody talk in these situations. Oh, he says. yeah. Never. He says, but you he says, I'm going to have you talk because yeah. they're they're not going to be able to deal with it. And at one point during that hearing, the head of the entire Olmstead County H.R., not just for the sheriff's office, but the entire Olmstead County H.R., they had the county attorney had a representative there. They had three people from the H.R. Department, plus the chief deputy were all sitting there and the head of the H.R. Department. I found out later hadn't watched any of my content was just taking everything that the sheriff was telling him as a matter of fact, of
0: course, and
1: And only took the report that was handed to him by the private attorney that they hired to a tune of at least $200 an hour. A private attorney to the tune of at least $200 an hour for 60 days, mind you. And I don't know how many hours it was, but just figure two hours a day minimum. Yeah. 60 days, 120 hours at about $150, $200. What exactly?
0: On that one person.
1: on, On me. For what? Yeah. And he looked at me and goes, well, what if I told you that we have proof that you broke the law? And I said, then provide it because I'm going to reject the premise. Yeah. I reject the premise that yeah. you have the proof. Well, what if we do? I said, I'm not playing what if with you. This is yeah. in the hearing. I'm like, I'm not playing what if with you. I reject your premise. I didn't yeah. break any law. I said, sure, people may not be happy with me. Yeah. But I'm a damn good deputy, and I'm damn good at what I do. Maybe not the best deputy, but I'm damn good at what I do. My ratings are superior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do a wonderful job. I'm reliable, and I'm a team leader. I I I'm, I lead my team. Yeah. I'm a veteran Simple. staff member. You are. I'm being persecuted. You're trying to intimidate me into signing to to willfully turning in my resignation. And I said, mm-hmm. then that's not going to happen because I haven't done anything wrong. And if I have to, I'll fight you on this.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I found out months later that. When my union attorney was asked to step into his office, the, the HR guy's office, it was just them, he said, just me and you. And my union attorney stepped in and he met me later that day or a couple an hour later. I mm-hmm. bought him a beer, said, thanks for everything you're doing for me. And he said, I just need to ask you one question. I I said, what's that? And he goes, you want to fight this? And I said, yep. He goes, "Okay, I have the report. Everything they have on you is twisted and BS. Mm -hmm. So if you want to fight, we'll fight. He says, I'll be pleased to fight them on this. He says, I may not agree with you on everything, but we'll be pleased. I'll be pleased to fight them. That was June of last year. Wow. And I sat until September.
0: Holy crap
1: not knowing what was going on and I, and staying in contact with my union rep and with my union attorney, uh, but no contact with anybody else from the sheriff's office because they, they're, they're all terrified. Once somebody gets put on administrative leave, they're, they're terrified. Oh like, yeah. What, what did they do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah what, it was like like a leopard. I'm going to be
1: wrapped up with these people. Right. And, um, excuse me, I'm dry.
0: <laughs> uh, that's what I should have had with me. Glass um, of water. Damn it. Next time
1: they. They waited and waited and waited and waited and waited, and I finally looked around at the effect it was having on me, knowing that I was going to win this. Yeah. Saying, when I win, can I go back to work for this guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge question. Am I
1: ever going to be safe? Not just necessarily physically or security wise, but everything that happens to me from this point forward, they're going. Everything I do is going to be under such scrutiny. Oh, yeah. And I and I said, because he's going to be pissed.
0: Of because course. I already
1: I already knew he was pissed. He was pissed that he couldn't just terminate me outright.
0: Yeah. yeah. He was
1: pissed they had to keep paying me because I'm a veteran. hmm And I asked the union rep, you know, what it would look like. And he goes, Well, it's funny that you asked that because they've been wanting to pay you off ever since that meeting. Wow. I said, What do you mean? He goes, Yeah, Julian asked me. What is it going to take to make this go away?
0: Wow. Uh, as a taxpayer, like I just want. Well, I mean, not a taxpayer for that municipality, No, but, but, it's but just, just in general, it, yeah, I want general. everyone just sacked, fired across the board. This this is insane.
1: I know. I don't think yeah, I don't think I'd told you this part of the, the story before. No. And and I said, what? He goes, yeah, he wanted he wanted to know what you would take then. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now. He's he's not he's he's nowhere near being ready to take a a, a payoff. Because he hasn't done anything wrong. Right. And it, and quite frankly, when we're done, you won't have a policy and procedure about social media because that's mostly what they were trying to use was social media policy and procedure mm-hmm. to try and violate me. He says, everything about your social media policy and procedure is a violation of the First Amendment. It's unlawful. And he said, and it's got a prior restraint
0: mm-hmm.
1: because at one point they even told me, well, if next time you want to post something, you should probably ask to ask 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 our guidance on it before you post it i'm like it's not happening yeah and i he he said well the question is is can you go back to work for these guys and i said can i probably should i i don't know will i i said even when i win i don't know that i can i said i probably if i win i'll probably come back in give them two weeks and walk out
0: yeah yeah it'd be the smart move
1: and he said you cuz if you want to fight this you'll get paid if it this drags out drags out 15 years you'll get paid every single day and mm-hmm. i said i don't i can i can't put myself through that the stress is i said not to mention the fact that if i try to apply for a job and they ask me if they can contact my employer what am i going to tell them
0: exactly yeah it's just you're uh, screwed
1: because i spent that whole summer last summer like not being able to make any money because yeah. i couldn't go anywhere i mean i was getting paid so that was nice but i couldn't go and put anything in the bank because
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to prepare for what I knew was ultimately going to end up happening. I couldn't prepare because if I went and applied for a job and they asked me, well, where do you work? And I only almost got county sheriff's office. Well, can we contact your employer? Why are you leaving that? I'm like, uh,
0: yeah. oh, you may have read some papers. I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's a tough one.
1: And, and he said, well, what would you want? And I said, personally, for the way they're treating me, they should pay me off until my retirement. So the way based on, you know, cost of rate, you know, living adjustments throughout the years, I said 15 more years. I said about 1.8 million dollars. He goes, you know, they're not gonna do that. <laughs> I, said, I yeah. said, no, but they should. They should.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: And he goes, Well, here's here's what I'll do. I said, I'm not making the first offer, Jim. I'm not making the first offer. If if they want this to go away, they can make me an offer. And they better not insult me. And he went back. And of course, their very first thing that they did was sent back an insult. The sheriff said, I'll give them three weeks pay.
0: Ah! And they yeah. didn't
1: want to pay me my PTO.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And, uh, before he even told me what the offer was, he rejected it and told them they could shove it. Yeah. And then he sent me an email with the offer saying, just so you know, I've already rejected it. And, and his rejection basically told the HR head, no, that we told you not to insult us. That's insulting. We'll see you in court. Yeah. Boy, did that start the monkeys flying. <laughs> uh, they, it, it, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get, don't, don't get hasty. Don't get hasty. And he says, no, you better come back with something. And it, it took another several weeks of course. for them. And I found out after the fact that it was the sheriff. He wanted me terminated. Period. He want he he wanted me gone. He didn't want any settlement. He wanted to, he wanted to be able to point out that mm-hmm. he terminated this radical dissident, and because he's worried about
0: saving face, that's it. Unbelievable. Oh God. And, and, and people people complain about you know oh we can't find good cops it's like well if this is how good cops are treated who's signing up for this job? Who's gonna do it? And, you
1: know, and granted, I wasn't on the streets, but there are, I mean... doesn't matter. Make, make no mistake. What he did to me, what the sheriff did to me, what the chief deputy did to me was done to send a message.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: To, to, to warn people, you will fall in line or mm-hmm. you will be dealt with. Yep. And so what, the thing they do is when they put you on administrative leave, they send out an email across the entire sheriff's office. Deputy so-and-so has been placed on administrative leave. He's no longer, he or she no longer has access to the facility. The secure facility cannot be inside the perimeter unless they're escorted by Captain so-and-so, Captain so-and-so, Captain so-and-so, or by the chief deputy, yada, 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 yada. Mm -hmm. And then when they do that, they put that pressure on you that isolates you. Oh, yeah. Immediately from your family, your work family, people who you literally have been putting your life on the line with. Yeah. And now all of a sudden nobody knows. Well, the problem was, is for them, I was staying in contact with quite a few people and mm-hmm. I was, and they're like the date, because the minute I walked out, I didn't even get 15 minutes from the facility and I was getting phone calls and text messages. We just got the emails because a lot of these guys are getting their emails at home. They're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. We know you, what, like what? And I told them, I said, whatever they tell you it is or what they don't tell you, you know me and trust me mm-hmm. that, that yeah. what's, what." happening is a load of crap mm-hmm. and so when i finally made the decision that i was gonna let them make offers and take a settlement
0: mm-hmm.
1: i wrote a very long detailed email for the entire sheriff's office um deputy sheriff's association which was our union we were a big enough organization to have our own union we didn't have to like mm-hmm. contract out to, to a bigger police union right and the day that the the my resignation was final and the payout had come to me. I hit send on that email and it went to every single line person that was not a supervisor that was in the union detailing everything that I, that had happened and everything that I had done and everything that they had done to me. And I don't know how many people read it, but I know a lot of people did because people were like, what the hell? And it was so bad, it was going around that sergeants were asking line staff, "We heard, we heard TC is going to put out a video about this. When is that video coming out?" Oh wow! And the line staff, were like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they weren't doing, they weren't doing it to like throw me under the bus. They're like, "What? Are you, what video? What are you talking about?" Because nobody yeah. was going to talk to them about it. They didn't trust. Yeah. At that point, they trusted no one didn't trust any of their sergeants. They didn't trust the captains. They certainly didn't trust the chief deputy and they certainly didn't trust the sheriff. And then yeah. I found out later on that a lot of these sergeants were messaging people who were no longer with the sheriff's office, who had been run through the ringer much the same way I was saying, we want to see this. What the hell happened to him? We want to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and so still to this day, I still put out parts of the story. A little bit by little bit. I'm, you know, it's like, okay, I'm a little bit of a manipulator. I want my algorithm on YouTube to, you know, like I, I want to yeah. keep people's attention. And my personal story has attracted some attention to my channel, Good. but, um, it's, it's been interesting because people are coming out of the woodwork going, yeah, that's why I left. Wow. And almost to a man, not all of them, but almost to a man, every single one of them that has left has left because they were one of the hard workers who were tired of yep. getting crapped on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't,
1: they weren't just going to follow yeah. orders blindly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to take care of your good people. And if you're crapping on them and yep. you know, they're not going to stick around, they're not going to last. And, and especially like when you have someone who really is that solid, that dependable. I mean, they, they do, believe in the mission to some degree much closer to their core than their than their less motivated counterparts i mean there's there's something more more intrinsic to their being that leads them to be that dedicated and when you when you treat them like shit you violate that you damage that and what what the hell are they going to stick around for it ain't the money i made you know? 2 hours
1: i made well i'm i'm i'm, I'm not going to lie i mean i I'm I was making a lot more money then than I'm making Mm -hmm. now. I'm not even making a quarter of what I was making. Wow. Now like I'm not in great shape anymore. Well, I'm getting in better physical shape, but that's That's because I can't afford to buy groceries (laughs) now.
0: Well (laughs) I understand.
1: No, uh but I was a guy that would drive two hours, a Mm thirty mile drive that would that would take two hours in a snowstorm to get to work. Wow. i i would stay after my shift would end we had a really bad snowstorm a few years ago i i motivated and i called up everybody else and said hey uh sea platoon's not going to be able to make it in on time the storm is bad we're talking it, we got dumped on overnight dumped mm-hmm. on and yeah. i i called everybody else up and i said guys let's stay yeah now mo- Makes sense. Would, I, would they have done it without me probably Right. But I just called everybody up in their units and saying, "Guys, we're not getting out of here. We can't leave until we we're replaced anyway. But let's just let's just band together and, and agree that not one of us leaves until all of our reliefs are here or until the oncoming sergeant says you're good to go.
0: Yeah, we'll yeah, stay and help out. Yeah, you know
1: I did. And then I missed work that night because I didn't have a place to stay, and mm-hmm. so I drove home. And what a thirty a thirty minute drive should have been 30 minute drive actually Mm. ended up taking me four and a half hours. So by the time I got home and got myself into my home, Mm -hmm. it was almost, it was almost two o'clock and I called and said, I can't make it back in tonight. I I want to, but I can't. Yeah. And then I got, then those of us that didn't make it in got chewed out.
0: Just, just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just, it's petty stuff like that,
1: you know, People walked into work that morning and it still took them hours to get to work.
0: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Insane.
1: And so, you know, that's, that's what I did. That's who I was. And did I make mistakes? Hell yeah. I made mistakes.
0: Oh yeah. But I I loved
1: my job. And I I would tell the detainees on a regular basis, I I still got detainees reaching out to me and going, why haven't we seen you? I said, why are you there to to wonder why you aren't seeing me?
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's the bigger philosophical question. (laughs) That's that's, that's,
1: that's that question. But then I see others who are like, man, I haven't, you know, I haven't been in since the last time I saw you there. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to tell you, I had a guy walk up to me last summer, put his arms around me, hug me and go, thanks for being one of the nice guys. Wow, and and it, and it wasn't you know, and it wasn't one of those. You're the nice guy who let us get away with everything. And I said, right. what do you mean nice? Because nobody likes me because I'm nice. I said, I'm a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I am. I'm. A, I was a I was a rules guy. You're like you're gonna follow the rules. You're gonna treat me with respect because I'm not gonna swear at you, and you're not gonna swear at me. We're gonna treat, handle this as adults. Yeah, but I would tell them. They're like, why? When people are freaking out on you, do you ultimately end up going back to them and, and having a civil conversation with them? I said because. These people are in their worst condition. Like
0: yep.
1: it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I and, and it's not that I don't care, but you could just have gotten news that one of your best friends or a family member that you love dearly died. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Oh, but yeah. You have the comfort of home. These mm-hmm. people are literally in the worst spot of their life. Yeah. They have no freedom. Mm-hmm. They're not being treated like adults. Right. I see them. Not as, as these, you know, horrible uh, people that should be isolated from society. I see them as people who have committed a crime, need to be held accountable for it, but also probably need somebody that's going to treat them like they're human beings. Right. And, and my goal at, at the beginning of every shift was to go in and say to them, how, not in words, but like at the beginning of every shift, how can i have a positive impact on at least one of these people today
0: yeah simple
1: and sometimes that meant holding them accountable for really bad behavior but then talking mm-hmm. to them about it later on and sometimes it was like hey i heard that your mom died and i know you're in here but if you need to talk or if you need to cry and you need somebody to listen to you you let me know yeah and so I st- I still just last week I had a guy reach out to me cuz he saw my uniform burning party because I finally got around. Well, it's Minnesota, you, you know, like I waited until the weather cleared up. Sure. So a couple a couple of weeks ago I put a video up of me burning through my uniforms. And he goes, "Man, I saw you burning your uniforms." He says he says I'm glad to see you got out, but I'm kind of sad that yeah. you're not there anymore because you were always decent to me. One of the few. Mm. And and I was like, you know, I that's what I miss, Andrea. That's that's yeah. that's what I miss. I I'm actually glad I'm not doing the work anymore, but I could I certainly miss the money.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, yep. I I hear that. I have a pay cut from what I was doing last year too. And yeah, it's it's tough to to make ends meet. And but you uh, get to
1: work at Gas Digital, so
0: yeah. I mean, it's. It, it ain't all bad but yeah i i do know <laughs> hay cuts especially ones that you weren't really planning for are uh, yep. are pretty tough um even ones ones that you were planning for they can be really rough um especially if you're not getting to do and and fulfill the mission that 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 you enjoyed that that you're passionate about that you had no intention of walking away from
1: i was going to retire there but it's what it is now right so yeah. I hate it when people go. It is what it is. Like that literally is the most non- nonsense thing. <laughs> like, duh, yeah, it is what it is. That's not what I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. Thanks, like, Kamala not Harris. What it was.
0: Really appreciate <laughs> you tagging that for me. <laughs> Vacuous idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we talking
1: about Ka- Kamala or me now?
0: Kamala. Yeah. yeah. Only Kamala. No, you. Uh, I I appreciate you. You know, putting up the good fight for for liberty. I mean, even. Not now the result that I you know wanted. <laughs> I well, it, I, and I appreciate you sharing that. And you know, it really should make everyone's blood boil. I mean, I I always kind of think, gosh, you know, why don't we have good cops? And then I hear stories like this. It's like, oh, well, this is why. Yes, this is precisely why we chase out all the all the good ones, because who in their right mind is gonna gonna put up with that? It's crazy. In. Yeah. <laughs>
1: My brother's been in law enforcement for over 20 years, and he's literally the guy that you want to pull you over on your DUI.
0: Yeah.
1: Not because he's going to let you go, but he's just not going to treat you like crap. Yeah. He's the guy that you want to show up when there's a domestic call and the neighbors hear you arguing or fighting or or what. He's the guy that's going to come over and he's going to defuse it. He's going to de escalate and he's going to do what the law requires him to do, but he's going mm-hmm. to do it with decency and respect. Yeah and there's a couple of guys that I consider to be good friends that are cops in Rochester and a couple mm-hmm. of guys that are still deputies for my former employer that I look at them and I go I'd still die for these guys. Yeah. And they're still amazing. They're still amazing. But Yeah. I'll tell you, most of them they got a timer set. Oh, and yeah. they have a and they have an exit. They're like, "Okay, if this happens, I'm done." I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm even if it means I don't get my full retirement. Yeah. Because the system is chewing up and spitting out the decent, decent guys, because all the system wants anymore are order takers, people who are willing to just do their job. I was just following orders. That's what they want. That's what the system wants is somebody who's just going to follow orders. And and the and just like the military is bleeding out right now. Not only is the military bleeding out, but they can't get anybody to enlist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. Yeah.
1: So there's no infusion of new blood, and all the old blood is leaving,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and and the only ones that are staying are order takers. Yeah. Well, because that's not knocking them all. Don't get me wrong. I know there are solid people out there still.
0: Sure. But but I I mean, by and large, I mean trends cannot be ignored, and and that's what it is.
1: And and that's why. And it and Mm it's um, any of these. Any of these public servant positions where you have a person who's who takes an oath, who who is in public scrutiny on a mm-hmm. daily basis, like pretty much everybody in the public sector swears an oath to mm-hmm. the Constitution, you know, in yep. that government job. But there's a certain segment of that oath taking group who really you have to count on to honor that oath. Yeah. And it's the people who are enforcing the laws. Yep. And people who are assigned with defending our Republic Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and many of them today, sadly do not understand that. Yeah. And it's, what's hurting, it's, what's hurting the career fields, both the military and law enforcement world. Oh yeah. But it's also hurting our Republic. Yeah. And, Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's what it is. You know, it, It it, they have to wake up. They have to ask. They have to. I told I told this to a guy just the other day that I've been friends with for years, and and literally had massive amounts of respect for him. Still do. He he's an active cop. Mm -hmm. Got mad at me for my position on Uvalde, and told me that I'm being bitter and that I'm that I hate all cops. And which is I can't state enough that that's not true. Right. Right. But I this just they don't get the break anymore. Yeah. And and I said, you're one of the good ones, brother. You're one of the good ones. Yeah. Stay that way, but get out. Because yeah. they're going to chew you up and spit
0: you out. Absolutely. Yeah. If they have anything to say about it.
1: Well, now you got two shows out of this.
0: Yeah. No, this is great. I Well, I don't really have like a hard... You, to- <clears throat> you told hard me 40 minutes
1: and I'm... <laughs> no, you doubled, doubled it. We're, 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 we doubled that, so...
0: No, that's that's great and, and it's an important story and uh you know it not not every every week has to be a, a happy ending or anything like that um certainly if there's something important you want to bring to the forefront as you did I'm I'm all in favor of it it's a story that needs to get out and I don't think it's heard enough so really appreciate you coming on to uh to let us all know about it
1: well i I appreciate it and if anybody wants to you know you know you know what my links are so
0: I Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, in post links, links will be in the description for you. And uh, do I drop your, uh, your Twitter handle on there as well? If people oh, buy absolutely. coffee.
1: Uh, they can, they can message me on Twitter uh, at Robe Regiment, or they can message me on Facebook uh, at TC Pearson, or they can email me at TC Pearson or protonmail.com. I have, yeah, I have coffee. It's best andrea andrea i'll just i'll just hold this andrea'll do the commercial
0: uh yes i've had this coffee i've only uh had it in a french press it's amazing if you don't buy this coffee uh you should still subscribe to my youtube channel but i'll just think less of you but definitely buy uh, (laughs) tc's coffee it's amazing really good
1: Uh, stuff and i have uh, i have a subscribe star now too so
0: Oh, nice. Minnesota,
1: yeah. Minnesota Black Robe Regiment podcast on Subscribestar. And there is some exclusive content. I just had Spike Cohen on. Uh, Holy cow. A few, what a, weeks, a, few, a few weeks ago. And I got more uh, Libertarians coming on for a series that I'm doing. And I think that I'm going to be able to nail down uh, Matt's co-host. Or excuse me, Mike Spike's co-host, Matt. Okay. Uh, from the muddied Waters of uh, Liberty. I'm, not, I'm saying that Muddy Waters of Media, uh, Matt okay. Wright. And I think I'm angling to be able to get at least two more people from Muddy Waters Network on. And I think I'm on track to get Josh Smith on, who was just uh, voted in as vice chair of the Libertarian Party All um, right. during their convention. So Awesome. It, and the reason for that is is that I want to start seeing, you know, more traditionally minded, uh, constitutionally uh, conservative, so-called Republicans linking arms with other constitutionally conservative types in the libertarian side instead of feeling like we're abandoned. Right. And so I'm doing a series called the Libertarian Lowdown on my channel where I'm bringing on these reasonable libertarians who don't wear boots on their head, um, <laughs> like the Supreme vermin, and having yeah. these conversations that I think are incredibly important. So, so far I've had Uh, Spike and um, uh, Anthony Wilty, who is a big activist within the libertarian movement, uh, was actually uh, Spike's tour manager as he was traveling around for a while. And um, so that's what I do. So I've, I've got enough subscribers to be monetized, which, by the way, if you're watching this because you know who I am, but you don't know who Andrea is, you need to get over to Andrea's channel and subscribe because we need to boost her up there so that she has enough subscribers that her employer will actually pick up her program.
0: That that is an excellent end goal, and uh, yeah, I'll put all the uh, links in the description. And uh, especially if you want to get a hold of TC for coffee, but also watch his uh, his broadcasts; they are amazing. I appreciate um, that, Andrea, and uh, TC. Thanks so much for ha- coming on.